Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game, with me, Russell Guyver. In this episode, we've got several elements to it. First of all, a quick talk about the Ike Athens game. Uh, secondly, match day special segment from Chelsea with some before, during and after audio. And then part three is the Brentford match and uh, some chat all around that. Um, OK, so well, first of all, with the Ike Athens game... We needed to try and get revenge. We especially needed to get one point to confirm and guarantee some continued involvement in European competition. But preferably, we wanted to get the revenge, get the three points from Athens in order to guarantee Europa League football. And not only that, to keep ourselves in with a good chance of winning the group. As it turned out, the Albion, um, well, they, they triumphed by a goal to nil. They were given a tough game again by Athens, but we did prevail. Unfortunately for us, Marseille did then win their home match with Ajax to keep or to go back ahead of us in the table. So it now requires us in our final game to win that home leg against Marseille in the final group game. If we win it, we top the group and we go straight through to the last 16 knockout stage. If we fail to win, by any means, draw or defeat, we will finish second in the group, guaranteed. But we will then have to play a last 32 game against one of the teams finishing third in Champions League and dropping into the Europa League last 32 stage. So it's a big one coming up. But all of that is as it is because of the result last week on Thursday. I unfortunately wasn't able to go. My co-host Peter was, but he's not not available to talk, unfortunately. We have got some opinion from people that were there, including Andy Bass and uh, Courtney. That's coming up in the Chelsea segment of this podcast. But just my overall observations, having watched it at home. um, Ike Athens gave us a real Real hard time, didn't they, when we played them in the very first European game. I think there was a bit of, not so much stage fright as just general nerves, a little bit of overallment, um, just the difference of the setup of the match just made us a little bit on edge. We didn't seem to be quite ourselves. Lewis Dunk was missing and 
it was raining and we don't seem to do well in the rain and every element just didn't seem to be quite right and Ike Athens proved to be a really tough opponent really well organized physical quite a big side and very good on the counter competent and uh, very attuned to playing European football having had of course plenty of experience in the past in past seasons but also in this year's competitions having had qualifiers trying to get into the Champions League and then not not managing that dropping into the Europa or was it they went through qualifying rounds in Europa I can't remember but they played one or two fixtures to get to the stage of being in the Europa League groups already so they were more fine-tuned and as it turned out we lost that 1-3-2 well we got our revenge we got a 1-0 win away but Athens were pretty good again it looks as if they've got our number then they looked the better side in the first half it was a fairly entertaining game for the neutral but from an Albion point of view we were struggling somewhat and um, I think we were pretty lucky to come in at half time with the goals um, with, with the game still square um, certainly it was a, a it was a close match um, overall, but yes, nil nil, we were pretty happy with. In terms of the lineups, well, obviously it's all changed as usual for the Albion for this one. We played the four two three one with Verbruggen in goal, Veltman at right back, Hinchelwood at left back, having followed up what he did with Forrest in that role. Dunk and um, um, our man Igor uh, as the centre backs, Grosh and Gilmore central. Uh, midfield, deeper roles with Mitterba on the left. He was able to play, thankfully. Adingra on the right, and then Joao and Ferguson in the more advanced central roles. Um, Veltman picked up a yellow card during the game. Um, the, the substitutions, Gilmore was replaced by Belaber on 88 minutes. Ferguson by Doofus making his debut, one of our young players. And he looked bright and had a, a, yeah, could have scored with virtually his first touch. He came on in the 87th minute. Um, earlier than that, Stahoud had replaced Mitima on 69 and Milner had replaced Joao Pedro on 77. The unused subs were Steele and McGill, the goalies, uh, Buenonote, uh, Hinchy, Chuchain, I think that's pronounced, Jackson, Kavanagh, um, all of whom are from the youth team uh, set up. And when it came to the Chelsea match, some of those plus some others were on the bench as well. We really are stretched for resources. We're trying to rest people. We have got a lot of injuries. It wasn't ideal. Uh, well, 30,520 fans turned up for the match. Albion, of course, selling out their allocation. By all accounts, all those that were there said it was a great game, really enjoyable and um, oh, a really enjoyable experience overall. The travel, the friendliness of the locals, the fact it was it was a pretty good experience all told with the one exception, of course, of the tear gassing scenario where uh, Greek fans were being tear gassed to try and prevent them from causing problems. That tear gas did waft up and cause effects on Albion fans. Um, More on that later on. But anyway, in terms of the game itself, um, the Albion started that second half a lot better, um, having had some struggles, particularly looking in the final third. We seemed to lack a final pass. Mitama seemed to be off his game a bit. Um, Ferguson couldn't really get an influence uh, further forwards. Um, but it's our man, Joao Pedro, who scored, of course, both goals from the spot against Ike in the earlier game. It was him from the spot again in this one. 55 minutes penalty converted with the usual nonchalant style. A low ball placed into the corner more often than not. And the same again on this occasion, going sending the goalkeeper the wrong way and a 1-0 win. Fantastic. That's the way it stayed. Um, nerve-wracking of course because it was 1-0 all the way to the end Um, but what I think most notable about the game apart from the obvious of the goal was that um, 
the, the discipline in the Ike team, where they were struggling and they were starting to get physical and the referee didn't really clamp down on it as much as he should. Eventually, Gashinovich was sent off for a um, second yellow in the 65th minute. But when all said and done, um, Vida should have been sent off earlier than that. He'd already um, made two fouls um, before getting away with another one. And do you think, well, this guy is really, really lucky to still be on the pitch. Um, far too physical. He'd given away the penalty, I think, as well. So not ideal, really. Um, in terms of the way we played, yeah, I think we've, we got into the game more as we went on. But what it was all about for us was really managing to find a way to win a game where we weren't really at our best. And it's, um, it's really good to see um, that um, Joao was able to score again. Now, in terms of goals... He is now joint top scorer in the competition, along with, from the same group, Pierre-Henrik Aubameyang, former Arsenal player, of course, who scored a hat-trick in that game against Ajax, I think it was. He's now sharing a top-scoring five each um, with Joao Pedro. So um, that's uh, one positive as well there. The number of penalties, I think it's now eight out of eight, isn't it? Including friendlies, I think eight out of eight, maybe even nine out of nine. But superb result, fantastic stuff. So that was the um, that was the Ike game. You'll get some, some further musings from people that were there coming up in the next part of the podcast and possibly in a later part as well. But um, the Albion are through for, to continue their Europa League campaign, to continue their first European odyssey. Um, we just want to try and avoid that round of 32, uh, which would be a big problem because it would give us uh, two more games, home and away legs, uh, more stretches on resources, albeit during February after the transfer window. So we may have been able to address squad issues there. Also, of course, people like Estabinham and uh, Enciso uh, would hopefully be back by then. Moda will hopefully be fully up and running by then as well. But nonetheless, we could do with avoiding that uh, that double bill in February. If we do, if we manage to get top of the group and go straight into the last 16, we won't play until March. Anyway, so that was a good start to, uh, well, the, the section of time that we're discussing in this podcast. A great 1-0 win there. Next up, Chelsea. So phase two of the podcast, and we move to match day, Chelsea. We've had the Athens game. And I'm sitting next to me, old mate Andy Bass. Uh, famed for his uh, appearances on the Albion Raw and Brighton Rock, uh, but not that often doing match day specials. Hello, Andy. Hello, Rats. Nice to see you, mate. Uh, nice to see you too. And uh, you've cruelly mocked me for not being in Athens. <laughs> Since I last recorded audio, we played and beaten Athens. We went top of the group. We're now back to second in a group because Marseille won the later game. Well, what a, what, a, what a trip that must have been. What a game and what a scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic trip. I think that's probably one of the best football trips I've been on. Um, that's it. Make it more painful for me. <laughs> it was just great. I think the, you know, the weather helped. Um, Athens is just an amazing city. Everyone there is really friendly. Apart from about 50 or six, apart from about 50 people after the game, I might have taken umbrage at the result. But, um, yeah, absolutely amazing trip. It was a great game. We were back to the wall. It was really... It was a really difficult game for us, yeah. and we came through it. We mucked out a result. Um, the atmosphere was incredible. Both sets of fans really giving it. It was just like you could barely speak afterwards. Yeah. Um, utterly fantastic. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing trip. And uh, yeah, I wish we, I, yeah, I wish we could have been there for a bit longer. To be honest, yeah. 
you did the the, the the last two of the three trips, didn't you? You weren't in Marseille. I've got to get. Um, there's a couple of people here. I think we're in both Marseille and Athens, so it's going to be interesting to get their opinion on which was louder. But I think the general consensus was Marseille was definitely painfully noisy yes. with all the whistling. Uh, and obviously, you weren't in Marseille, so you can't compare that. But was this the best atmosphere you'd been at in terms of general volume and noise? Yeah, it was better than it was better than Amsterdam. I mean, the, the eight fans were incredibly loud but we were able to puncture yeah. the volume a little bit ourselves yeah you could hear some seagulls um, but, but they were like in unison throughout the throughout the whole ground One, you know on the chance where they all got going it was really really impressive and you could take a few minutes off like screaming your lungs out um, <laughs> so you didn't really mind that to be honest but you know the game was great I mean first off you know to be honest we should have been Ferguson should have scored early on um, but then, but then after that, Ike were on top really for most of the first half. We were quite not unhappy to see the uh, half-time whistle go. Um, but second half, I thought we played much better. I thought we, you know, deserved. changed it a little bit. Hinchwood pushed further up the pitch, and I think deserved all the plaudits that he got post-match, particularly after he was unlucky at Forest. With the, I still don't think it was a penalty. And. Um, yeah, it was a really, it was just a really competitive game. Ike throwing everything at it, and you know what? I'm, both cities were really, really friendly. But I think I quite like Ike to, you know, get a result against Amsterdam, uh, Ajax in qualify. I know there was some has, you know, there was some bother after, after the game. But but in general, but the ninety eight percent of their fans were blimmin' terrific. They were really, really good. Um, and I would quite like to see them get some reward for that um, yeah. and get and get through to at least the Conference League playoff. That would be great for them. Yeah, they, they certainly gave us trouble in both games, didn't they, on the pitch. Um, in terms of what happened off the pitch, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, it was Ike fans maybe trying to have a go at the Brighton fans, then having a bit of tussle with the police and eventually tear gas. And the tear gas did sift over into the away end. So Brighton fans weren't tear gassed as such. But they were the victims of it indirectly. Is that is that about right? That's pretty much exactly what happened. There was. Were you affected by it? Um, a little bit, not as much as other people. Um, but yeah, we, when when the tear gas wafted through, you could feel it, and you had to cover yourself up. It was very uncomfortable. But I think just shortly after we got it where we were sitting, they kind of let us out into the uh, where the coaches were underneath the ground. So we were able to escape the fumes quickly. Other people not so lucky, uh, particularly those with breathing problems. So it was, you know, it was an issue for for other people. Other, you know, not so much for myself, but other people did, were much more seriously affected by it. But in terms of like the actual trouble, I mean, I think you were looking. I mean, quite close to where we were, there was one particular, one particular Ike, Ike fan that was trying to get round that was clearly either winding up the Albion fans or being wound up by again like a handful of individuals and then down and then downstairs again I think it was like a couple of Ike fans that were really seriously attacking the netting whilst a load of people sort of like standing back and like lobbing bottles of uh, water I can see why Barbara bans bottle tops now I think people who got hit by them will testify to a bottle top ban from now on but really you're talking of like active participants in like the pure thuggery I don't know 10 10, 20 people and then maybe like 
another 50 or so sort of Ike fans that were like lobbing stuff from a distance but like you know yeah. giving it all the big and and um, so you know and we were you know we were quite we were well protected inside like the, the plexiglass and the, and the netting seemed to do their job and all the coaches were lined up at, underneath the stadium for us to go on yeah. so in terms of like real imminent threat I didn't really feel that it was going to be an issue for us uh, yeah. although I imagine that a lot of people who might be a bit younger than me and not and not seen some uh, yeah, other, other, other scenes yeah. um, may, may have found it really unsettling it did you know it was there was a couple of people trying to get through but you know, I never really felt that there was any particular danger there it was just it was just pathetic handbags from like idiots that just can't grow up and accept a result or behave behave in a natural manner so uh, anyway, it all that it all becomes part of an anecdote, doesn't it? So yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's a story we can string out and make more elaborate yes, yeah. as the days go by. But most importantly, out of that, we got the win. We are having more European trips. Whether it's the last 32 or the last 16 depends on our outcome against Marseille. But either way round, we're going to our European tour continues into the new year, doesn't it? This is what we wanted. We wanted we wanted more European games, and more, we, more, and, more. and we've and we've got them. I'm not sure I can make the next one um, I'm kind of hoping we get through to the quarterfinals because then I'm then I'm going to get back on that train but I've got a few other commitments prior yeah, to write that. a letter to the players Andy say excuse me I've got commitments can you just be Marseille please well to be honest De Zerbi, the real price for Deserby is playing two fewer games yeah of I mean yeah. that's like winning the cup final game. it's like we get a week off yeah um, yeah, it's Mar- like that's all. That's all he wants to hear. Marseille's three games in one, isn't it? Yeah. Because if we win it, that's three games. Yeah. Done in one. Yeah. If we don't win it, we've got to play the other yeah. two games. But, well. but we're through. You know, we're through. Yeah. We're through on merit. Um, isn't that brilliant? Yeah. It was great, and it was a really, it was a really good game. I think this this team is really growing now. They've they're finding out how to play in a different way. We started off the season with our the Deserby ball and now we're finding out how to sort of like play in the trenches so to speak and just like yeah. find a way to win because you can't be flair and brilliant all the time yeah. you, you can't expect champagne football every week sometimes you've got to have a pint of lager but it'll get you through, you know, it's not as nice but it'll get you, it'll do the job it'll get you through the night and uh, like the beer you're drinking today, which is... Well, it's a Stiegel Goldbrow from uh, Salzburg in Austria. It's very which, nice. Which you've said is like the Fosters of Austria, but nice. It's, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, 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 every, it's everywhere. Fosters in terms of popularity. You're in terms about. of popularity, but it's yeah. just much higher quality. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Well, talking about um, our heightened moments, Karen, welcome back to the pod as well. So, very nice to be back here, Russ. <laughs> yeah, here we are at the Sloney Pony, the White Horse. I've just had a banging roast, by the way. Fantastic. But it's a lovely environment in here. Good, good old school music playing. A good friendly atmosphere. No, no hassles here. And uh, it's a game against the London side. Now you live in London. Now you live or lived in very close proximity to the Palace territory. And I'm wondering, with all this stuff we talked about with Europe, uh, that how much they must be hating the fact that we've had our record highest finish two years in a row. Last year we had our record number of points, record number of goals, record number of shots on target qualify for Europe now more recently we qualify for the next stages of Europe we're much higher than they are in the table they're on the run of four defeats in five having just lost to Luton snigger (laughs) 
Uh, they must be hating all this. Uh, are you loving it for that very same fact? I'm absolutely loving it. So it's just, it's just, it's great to kind of know that they'll be watching our progress on TV and hating every second of it. And, say, and saying they're not watching it, but they are. They are. They are. They definitely are. And really grinding their teeth. So. Even if they're not watching it, we'll tell them they are. And when they're genuinely not watching it, but we tell them they are, that will make them annoyed as well. <laughs> that they think that we think they're watching it. No, indeed. No, it's been... like We're... Um, we we managed to venture out into uh, Croydon Palace territory, never to Box Park though, obviously. So to uh, to watch a bit of football. So and we seem to have we seem to have found our little niche at the Market Tavern on Surrey Street in Croydon. So they don't seem to mind too much that we're Brighton fans. <laughs> is that where Graham had his birthday party? It is yes, the famous the famous karaoke night. Yes. <laughs> And Graham is looking quizzical here. Yes, yes, your your birthday party, your fiftieth. I know, no one can believe it. Oh, another one. Another one. Oh, another one. Another one. Anyway, never mind about that. Gra- Graham's looking worried now. Never mind about that detail, Graham. How are you looking forward to? Oh, how are you enjoying this season? And how are you looking forward to today's game as we bask in the glory of qualification for the next stage of Europe? It's back to business, isn't it today? Yeah, of course, it's been great. Absolutely brilliant. Watched the was it in Athens? Uh, couldn't get a ticket as well for Ajax, although I was in Amsterdam. Getting very drunk in the bar. Mass- yeah, I, I didn't, didn't manage to meet up with you in the end, did I? After all that, I don't even remember seeing you there, Russ. I don't remember Amsterdam at all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, obviously, <laughs> Marseille. <laughs> Marseille was insane. Yeah. Just a crazy, crazy experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, to go, to go there for that first game. Yeah. Never been in an atmosphere that hostile. Uh, the whole experience of going, the whole match day. Yeah, you've just got to love it. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and so, obviously, I'm so excited to be qualified because it's a chance to uh, do another European trip. Fingers crossed, we get the ticket. Bit concerned about the number of Premier League teams that might come out of uh, Champions League qualifying. Yeah, because, you know, Newcastle, they really can, they can easily finish third. I mean, Man U, all right, they've got to beat Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, they're at home. Could they? Could they get third as well? I mean, you throw them in with West Ham and, and Liverpool. It's like this is, this, that's not who you want. That's not who you wanted to go, is it? Uh, different. If we get Rangers, if they get through, that would be mental. That'd be that'd be great. It'd be a great trip, and it'd be a really winnable game. And not only that, Simmer probably wouldn't be able to play against us either. I'll go on loan. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, one, one, one bonus we're not in the conference now it would have been a more winnable competition and that might have been a good way to continue our European journey also we could tick off two tournaments instead of one then but the problem is you've got Aston Villa our bogey team in there so at least we've avoided them but yes you're right I mean Liverpool, West Ham Newcastle, Man U I know we don't play any of them straight away but later on we, we can and, and probably would do because they've got to be amongst the favourites 
Uh, some, if not all of those, will end up in that tournament. Yeah, that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? It is a worry. Yeah. So I've never been so invested in the Champions League. Uh, well, I can't remember last time. <laughs> so I've lost interest for quite a few years. Well, the paradox is... Uh, we, we kind of want them to drop out, Man United, and particularly Newcastle, don't we? The paradox is, if they drop out, that might affect the coefficient that allows us a fifth place in the Champions League for next season. And I could just see us ending up losing in the semi-final to someone we should beat in the Europa League when all those teams have dropped out, and then finishing fifth in the, in the Premier League and ending up in the Europa again. Yeah, I guess it could. I'd take that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. <laughs> But it'd be annoying to miss out on the Champions League, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, careful so, what you wish for, I guess. Somehow, Man in Newcastle are going to fuck us over, are they? One way or the other. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, somehow, yeah. <laughs> anyway, today, what do you think today? Chelsea away. They did us last time, but we did the double over them in the league last time. This will be a different kettle of fish, I think. Uh, I fancy it. I always get the score wrong, so I'm saying 2-1. So don't even bother predicting that, because that'll be wrong. What, what do you reckon the score will be? How do you think we'll do? I'm nervous about today. I, I feel... That's because I'm here, Ross. I feel like I'm... I'm I might be the bad omen, you know. I mean, miss... Uh, I couldn't get a ticket for last season's victory, which I'm um, still gutted about, especially the way the game went. Uh, and, and that winner, I mean... I mean, that's just, it's just fantasy stuff, that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a challenge. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. We, we could have another happy day, though, Graham. We could. Yeah, we could. It's feasible, isn't it? It is. They are. I mean, they're, they're, shipping, they're shipping goals. Obviously, we ship goals. Yeah. So, uh, no nil. Yeah. <laughs> There's no fucking chance that's happening. I think the record is... Was it like, well, it's, it's, I think it's 18 Premier League games in a row now where we've conceded and scored. It's actually more scoring, but in terms of the records, we've now moved on to a record after the Forest game. Uh, no, no one has scored and conceded in 18 consecutive Premier League games before. We've already got that. In terms of games scored in, it's in the high 20s, so I don't see that not continuing. But who knows what can happen. Anything's possible, isn't it? One thing you can be sure of, abuse for Kukurea and for... Um, well, uh, maybe Caicedo. We'll we'll see. I'm not sure. Do you think? Do you think we'll have mellowed a little bit about him? Uh, no. <laughs> not as do I. <laughs> well, on that note, Graham, great chatting. Maybe catch you a bit later on. Oh shit! Right.
And thanks to all the fish. JP owning it again. Reluctant to give anything, isn't he? Unbelievable. He won't be. Portion, you're a piece of shit! Look at our series of yellow card escapes. They finally got one. Message from Lewis Brilliant save. Deflected shot. We went 2 nil down. I thought that flattered them hugely. We got a goal back. 44th minute. Buenanote. Beautiful. He'd not been involved, had he? And we were saying that. Excellent finish. Um, we've not been using him enough this half, but we've got it out there. Yeah. Lovely finish. And to see Sanchez groping thin air was fucking glorious. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? And a great save from Steele just now, too. Amazing. Deflected shot. Gallagher has gone for, for his third yellow card offence. <laughs> Cheerio, you pile of scum! 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 Cheerio, you pile
The beauty of that is, because he decided to walk off in episodes, it just meant we sang it for fucking ages. I love it. He should have got at least three yellows. I'm sorry, he got at least should have had three. I called it earlier. Yeah. I told you yeah. he was getting the red. Yeah. And now we've got a shot deflected. Two nil down, back to two one. They're down to ten. This is looking great, Andy, isn't it? A twist around. It is now. It is now. What a waste of money! What a waste of money! What a waste of money! That's about Mudricks, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 it could be one of many. That John. <laughs> Absolutely. Here we are on the attack again. Nothing. First corner. Are you overwhelmingly and disproportionately excited to have a corner? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not excited about the corner, but the, the game's just turned. I mean, yeah. uh, it looked like a possession. They scored two goals from corners. We, we look really vulnerable. Fortunately, we haven't conceded another corner since. Uh, Bonanotte just put a lovely left-footed shot. In, into the kind of not quite top corner but easily past Sanchez and Which is Ga- Gallagher's just got sent off for what was really his third yellow card offence yeah 100% um, yeah. Um, so the, the second half looks very very promising all of a sudden it does indeed yeah and that 2-0 was probably I mean we, we weren't doing as well as we should have done it was fairly even when they scored but yeah, by the time yeah. they were 2-0 up they deserved to be ahead yeah I mean we had a lot of the ball without doing anything with it um, they looked dangerous on the counter but um, they're, they're bigger and stronger than us yeah and, and, and therefore they, they're going to um, uh, be more dangerous at corners yeah as they were yeah. anyway 2-1 now Deep in the first half stoppage time, Chelsea, nothing came in the corner, Chelsea on the attack now. Central, far out. Sterling. And Sterling is stopped by Vallejo, but it's offside anyway. And Colwell scored the second goal, by the way, which is pretty annoying. Uh, I don't think he over-celebrated. He he did a sort of palms out type thing, didn't he? It, It just kind of crept over the line. It was an acceptable halfway house. Thing. Anyway, we're on the attack again now. Here we go. Simon Adingra on the left wing. Inside. Ball's played in. Oh! Was that Hinshelwood? No, Ferguson. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ferguson. Just about be that. Mo, happy with the half really now? happy. Given, given how things started. It's karma, yeah. Karma. We will win this game. <laughs> Different game now, isn't it? Yeah, I think we will win this game. Oh, shit! Ah. <laughs> A warm reception for Roberto uh, Sanchez there, lovely. Is that not a yellow card? 
He took it five or six touches further after we got the foul and put it in the back of the net. In the next fucking sleep phase. Unbelievable. Unbelievable leniency. We get booked for that every fucking time. Good attacking face for us. We got a corner. Excitement, Andy. We got a corner. <laughs> Last one went well. We're, oh. about, we're about to make four subs. Four subs. Yeah. Just so four. Milner, Metma, Grosh, and Jao Pedro all coming on. Fucking hell. This is after 55 minutes. That's something, isn't it? Meantime, we're on the attack in the box. Let's try to get it clear. They have done. Hinchwood. I think we're just inside the area. Crosses it. Lana twisting and turned, got a shot off just wide. <laughs> yeah, four subs. <laughs> right, penalty given to Chelsea, yellow card as well given to Gross. Uh, Cordy, what do you think? Bullshit. End of. It's not a red card, no, definitely not. It's a yellow card. Yellow card, yeah. I mean, in terms of decision, it shouldn't be a red. What do you think? Was that a pen? I don't know. It's one of those scrappy ones, isn't it? We saw one view of it on the screens. I'd like to see it again, really, to be honest. It's messy and scruffy. Arguable. Overturned, though? I don't think so. But then, clear and obvious, can be overturned if it's against Brighton, so that's fine. Anyway, let's see what happens. I don't remember us saving any bloody penalties in the modern era. <laughs> it's about bloody time, isn't it, can't we? Here we go, anyway, let's see. Down the middle. Let me just put on record, I think... Craig Paulson is an absolutely useless prick. He's totally We can't call him a ball prick, but he is a prick. <laughs> Isn't he? Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Blatant pullback, blatant foul given to them. It's a, oh! it's a booking for their player. We didn't even get the free kick. Anyway, he's given us something now. This is a miracle. Let's see if we can do something with it. Blatant foul on us again, and he's given a free kick to them again. Fucking believable. Oh, how Pedro getting pushed to the ground is a fucking foul. Pass. He was getting dragged back and pulled to the ground, and they gave a free kick to Chelsea. Paulson is a disgrace to the sport. He needs to be eradicated from the sport. Deserve his right, the rest are shite. 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 Today we're seeing one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen. Paulson has not given a penalty for what looked like the same thing they got. And there's no VAR check and they're not overtaking it, as clear and obvious. It's the same fucking thing, wasn't it? Paulson has been appalling. Appalling. Finally, as predicted, he's booked him for time wasting 20 minutes after he's, he started he's, he's doing it. He's done it so he can say, I ticked off, I booked yeah. him. Hey! Oh, it's a 
But the point is, he has to do that when it first starts happening. He has to do it when it first starts happening. So he doesn't spend 15 minutes of our time wasted. Which is exactly what he wants to do, exactly what Chelsea want to do, exactly what we don't want him to do. Appalling referee. time we just started it we want a corner come on boys we could do this here we go here we go come on beat your man to get it in go on go on Schwell with a head up corner was given Nine minutes left. Here we go. Corner. game as one of their players is down not not obviously with a head injury but never mind about that He has to give that ball to us. Yeah, it's our ball. He stopped the game for what wasn't obviously a head injury when we were in possession, just inside our own half. Now there's a yeah, a squabbling and bitching. Squabbling and bitching. refusing to go off the pitch to be treated which is the normal fucking rule why wasn't he getting off and when he didn't why wasn't he booked he refused to go on two clear occasions after being told it's taken two minutes of our time and he's he's given them the ball and they and they tried to keep possession because Chelsea are a bunch of pricks 
Chelsea, fuck right off. movement by the referee looked like he'd given it but he didn't really do it decisively so I don't know players all around him he's obviously waiting on a VAR anyway he's given it yeah he seems to have given it so he has given it it wasn't very clear and now he's just waiting on the VAR to check it so he's given it but just wasn't it just wasn't clear but he gave it but it wasn't that clear a, a movement and now he's just waiting on VAR. Yeah. And of course our penalty man Joao is on the pitch. So he's gone to the monitor, a few Brighton fans are cheering 
fool to see because well they didn't realise it had been given uh, but looking at the monitor now is not good news almost certainly he's not going to give this because he's gone to the monitor Courtney anyway decision is oh he's given it no handball he hasn't given it he hasn't given it Four at least, yeah, yeah. What the hell is going on? The referees now grab the ball, there's players all around him, and he doesn't seem to know what to do. It should be a corner, it should be a corner if it's not a penalty. We certainly didn't foul their guy, that's for sure. So it's a, it should be a corner, and now everyone's going upfield. So he seems to have given a decision to Chelsea, astonishingly. And wasting loads more time while we're doing it as well. Because nothing's happening. The game is not progressing. I think I've ever seen the Spurs game last season was symbolic in general but that was VAR mainly VAR this is the referee he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know what he's doing they've added just over three minutes to the ten minutes God knows how long he's going to give we're still on the attack just inside their half Still going. No, he's giving it to them. He's giving it to them. Yeah. Get on with the fucking game! So... You fucking So they held onto the ball, wasting more time. Joao gave a push, got booked. We get booked easily, they don't. Just nearly four and a half minutes of the added, added time. By my calculations, there should be another 30 seconds. And of course he's blown. What a shambles. What a shambles.
In the pub post-match, we're back at the Sloney Pony, and um, Wedge, you've, you've just been reading up on um, a bit of feedback about the game, and you've, you've, you've so a mate of ours has uh, sent in a quote from a TV guy. Tell us about that. Yeah, we obviously haven't seen any TV coverage ourselves. We just saw it firsthand. But this is the independent TV match commentator has said this entire afternoon has been farcical from these match officials. That's the TV commentator. And it was absolutely unbelievable. He had no control at any point of anything that was going on. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say at one point the refs lost control, but he didn't because he never had control, did he? Right from the off. It was awful. I mean, the, the, the professional players who know the dark arts and know what they can get away with were just taking the piss even before half-time. Yeah. And he wasn't doing anything about it. There must have been 20 occasions he waved Sanchez on to hurry up before he actually gave him a card. I mean, seriously, 20 occasions times 20 seconds, that's 400 seconds, that's seven minutes wasted just by Sanchez. Not to mention the fellow who went down with a head injury and then got up and refused to leave the pitch. And twice, was down twice refused. Yeah. Under strict command from the referee. about it. That's Colwell, was still didn't it? get booked for complaining to him. I think that was Colwell, who, who also got into a fracas with our players at the end of the match. He oh, had to be yeah. held back by four players. Van Hick was really tucking into Colwell after the game. Well, and, and, and to Sanchez to hold him back. Yeah. 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 So Van Heck's obviously got some good banter on him, which is nice. I think Van Heck has gone up in my estimation even more now. Because that, that needed calling out. Every one of those cheating bastards needed calling out. The only person who didn't call out, and it's a good job he didn't, is the referee, for obvious reasons. Because all you'll do is you just, it's like punching a wall. You're, there's only one person getting out injured. Um, so that, notwithstanding that, I think absolutely the fracas that occurred at the end which was a, a pushing session between Van Hecker and Sanchez, followed by the aforementioned Colwell and, and Van Hecker scenario, was all, all of the result of Paulson not having control of the game. And then there was a 30-man, not a brawl, but a 30-man pushing session near the centre circle. The, the, the ref didn't leave the field for 10 minutes, did he? And still no cards. Yeah, still no cards. Every single time in the first half, they see over and over again, they kept committing fouls of a yellow card offences. Gallagher got got booked for his second or third potential bookable offence, I think it was. And then eventually he got an actual second booking just before half-time. Uh, the ref had no control of the game. It was no discipline. He needed stamping down on it. It's one of those games. He was trying to let the game flow, but then he was quick to book our guys. It just doesn't make sense. We pushed, Joao pushed the player who was wasting time holding onto the ball unchecked and he got booked for pushing it. Didn't push him over, just pushed him. That was ridiculous, isn't it? Well, my favourite moment was when he restarted play after our penalty appeal was turned down. If he's saying it didn't hit the player's arm, then it must have hit the side of his head and it's gone out for a corner. 
but he restarts play with the drop ball to their goalkeeper. So yeah. we never got our corner. Yeah. Because he was just probably had no idea. Even though he's just come back from the screen, you can see if it hasn't come off the arm, it must have come off his face or his shoulder. Yeah. Therefore it's a corner. But somehow I'll restart this with a drop kick to the defending team. Yeah. Completely the wrong it's the wrong application of the law, it's completely the wrong decision. Even when he awarded us the penalty, which then got overturned, um, uh, he, he even when he pointed at the spot it was ambiguous. Brighton fans didn't. Yeah, exactly. But when he pointed to the spot for the penalty, it wasn't that clear. He sort of did it. No one knew. So some Brighton fans started cheering when he went over to the monitor because they thought it hadn't been given and was now going to be given. But um, it was, and, and even when he disallowed it, it still wasn't clear what he was doing. Uh, he looked so unsure of himself. Uh, I didn't see the replay of the Chelsea penalty on the big screen. But I heard the Brighton fans' reaction when they showed the slow mo. Yeah. I don't think it was a penalty. It sounded really harsh. Yeah. I couldn't see it, and I, did, I didn't have a good view of it real time. And I didn't see the replay on the big screen. You suspected it might be a penalty when you saw it in real time, though, didn't you? Well, but it was a pretty the pitch. robust shoulder charge. Yeah. And I didn't think, from what I could see, that the ball was within playing distance for the player anyway. He was never going to get it. In which case, Milner probably shouldn't have gone in with that big, heavy shoulder charge. Well, is, is that like the big heavy shoulder charge that Haaland did when he totally took out Webster a couple of seasons ago, which was absolutely fine? Or indeed the, the midst of a penalty claim where he's, he's charged in the shoulder. I didn't see much difference. Yeah. Anyway, on, on the game itself, despite that, all of that, we weren't at our best, were we, today? No, we, we, right from the start, we just didn't seem to move the ball very crisply. But once we had the man advantage, 10 minutes into the second half, quadruple substitution, four fresh players against a team of 10 with tired legs. And it didn't make any difference. They were inviting us to play down the flanks, which we did, because they were giving us the whip. But we were absolutely clueless at working the ball back into the box, whether to cut back or go across the front of the last defender. Ferguson was immobile in the pocket. I mean, he's had 110 minutes out there, Ferguson. And I don't, I think he had one shot. There was never had much power behind it. The bloke must be absolutely knackered or, I don't know, or carrying a knock or something. Yeah, well, I think they're all so tired. So the subs that came on, Mitama has been flagging a lot recently. Joao Pedro's been flagging a lot recently. So even though they're fresh legs, are they really fresh? I suppose is the question. And this is this whole problem of playing um, games every four days for the next six six weeks or so. This is where the problem is. Um, possible other injuries as well. We don't know. There might be one or two. But it's it's a it's a very tough period for us, isn't it? We just didn't appear to know whatever our plan was with the extra man. I'm still sitting here now in a pub post-match trying to work out what our plan was to get through a team that was playing with four centre-backs very close together. They must have had a plan, but I've no idea what it was and the players didn't look like they knew what it was. And our movement of the ball was was really quite slow. Yeah. It's unusual for us. It was. It looked lethargic, didn't it? It was sort of half-hearted attempts to to feed the ball and I think Mitterman overplayed it sometimes as I was saying because we're playing wide 
he wasn't really going at a very fast pace, so when he was beating players and getting to the byline, it was easy to defend because we cut off an option and it was clear where the ball was then going to go to. There was one incident where it looked like Mitoma had been pulled around the right shoulder for another penalty. Anyway, that, that's enough about the game today. Corny, back to you for the final web. Well, I don't know if you've got any opinions on Chelsea that we haven't already mentioned. If you have, far away with them. But I've got to ask you also about Athens. Is this 18 plus? Am I allowed oh, to? Oh, you can swear if you want, yeah. <laughs> well, Chelsea are cunts. That's, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Athens was exceptional. I mean, scrappy. Scrappy at best. But something we needed to win. Something we needed to do. We haven't done that a lot in the past. So... Nice to see it happen and good to see us get a good result on the road through the groups. Just a lot of travel. Yeah. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah. I mean, I said on one of the WhatsApp groups, it's not so much FOMO as Mo missing out. I wasn't fear of missing out. I was missing out. Yeah, exactly. And I was gutted to do so, but you know, the budget wouldn't stretch. But, I mean, fair play. You know, you've, you've done the rounds. You've done all three. You've, you've done the rounds. Yeah, I mean, through the years, though, as well. You've oh, been yeah. to... You've seen the Albion in, what, roughly about 70 grounds, 75 grounds, 69 of the 92, is it you're on, or 70 or something like we that? We're on 70 now, 70. and have got three yep. European grounds to add and one yeah. more to come, it's fantastic. hopefully many more. Yeah, and let's hope, not that we don't want the extra round from the travelling point of view, but let's hope we can get it straight into the round of 16. Yeah. Exactly. That'd be good. That'd exactly. be Super. Super. All right. Well, that rounds up for this one. Uh, I felt pretty disappointed with the result. We didn't play brilliantly, but I don't think we deserve to lose. And Chelsea and Sanchez and Colwell in particular, enemies number one and two. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Until next time, stand or fall, up the Albion. So there it is. That's the game. 3-2 defeat. I think we deserved a draw. The referee was terrible. One bit of retrospective um, perspective, or perspective on the game. Um, regarding the decision on the penalty, I mean, it was first of all, it definitely wasn't a penalty. Um, it did hit Colwell in the face. He makes his arm is up in an unnatural position, way above his head. And he does jerk his arm to the side as he is hit in the face. So I can see why the referee thought it was a penalty, but it was very clearly not. It hit his face, went out for a corner. Now, apparently, I've been informed, apparently, that if the game is then stopped to look at something, in this case, the penalty appeal, if a decision is then made that that isn't a penalty, in this case, the referee has to give a drop ball according to the laws. That is what I've been told. Um, now, if the ball was still in play when he blew the whistle, that's fine. And apparently, he was claiming that was the case. Um, it's fine in terms of the law, not in terms of moral justice, because we deserve the corner, at least. Um, but I think there seems to be some consensus and some suggestion that, in fact, it has to be a drop ball even if the ball has gone out of play. Um, I think the ball had gone out of play before he blew the whistle. Look at the footage back. You can see him putting his whistle to his lips as the ball's crossing the line and going into the stand. So if, in that scenario, we are allowed to have the corner, we should have had the corner. We've been deprived of it. If the rule dictates that regardless of whether he blew the whistle before it went dead or not, um, that, uh, that, it, that there has to be a drop ball, then that is a matter of the law being an arse. I don't know which is the correct. Maybe we'll get clarification on that in due course. Anyway, as for the game itself, um, De Zerbi's reaction after the game, he said, I think we played much better than Chelsea. He says um, that uh, I'm really happy for the future of the club. 
But I want to win now and I want to reach the target now because we have to do better. We have to play in a stronger way, he said. Um, I think we, yeah, we were poor in places as Wedge um, Addy um, dissected after the match in the pub. Yeah, we our final ball looked uh, wrong on a number of occasions. Uh, we looked a little bit half-hearted or fatigued or lethargic. I don't know what it was. It didn't look as if we were playing with conviction with some of our final third play. Mitama looked like he was in two minds about whether to do something or not. At one point, Adingra um, got a, got into a good position down the attacking left uh, flank, actually, uh, before he moved over later in the game. And um, he jinked a bit, cut inside, and he had a clear... If he took it earlier, clear shot into the corner with a bit of curve, could have could have had a go. Instead, he opted to twist it back one more time, go down the flank, now closer to the goal, much closer in. And Mitima kept doing this as well, ending up near the byline, but having channeled off his options. So that, but at that point, Chelsea, who did defend very well, particularly obviously when they had to with the 10 men, um, would cut off channels. So we, we basically ran ourselves into a corner. Um, not literally, we were a bit away from the corner, but we ran ourselves into a point where we couldn't really impact with a ball into the box. Um, and that was our um, our fault, really. We, we could have done more with it. They gave us the flanks, that's fine, but we could have done more with it, I think, when we got right down near the byline or when we were cutting inside having shots. There's more we could have done with that. Also, it must be said, as I said, Chelsea defended manfully and um, we did put a, quite a few crosses in and, of course, they were much much too easy to deal with from their point of view. What was interesting, though, um, was in the lineups. I mean, uh, first of all, just to say that the lineup at the start of game, Sanchez was in goal for them and Casado was in midfield and the, they got plenty of abuse and Sanchez time-weighted his way through the entire match. Should have got booked much earlier, as we said. And in the end, he was one of uh, four players booked. Um, Balashu also should have got booked before he did. Fernandez did get booked. Um, Jackson should have got booked for walking the ball into the net in episodes um, before getting away with it. Um, and Gallagher, of course, should have had another booking before his uh, the two that he did get sent off for collectively. Um, Anyway, in terms of the Albion lineup, Steele was back in goal. Uh, we had Veltman at right back, Hinchelwood left back again, uh, Van Hecker and Igor at centre back. Of course, Dunk serving the first of a two match ban. Baleba and Gilmore as the centre backs. Good to see Baleba back in. I think he did okay. Buenanote on the right, who I thought did fine when he was given the ball. He wasn't given it enough in the first half, and obviously eventually he did and scored a goal. And um, I think he did okay, considering he's playing in that wider role that's probably not his best. Lalana was in that central role that Buenanote would probably favour and Adingra on the left until the subs were made in the second half. Four subs at once. Ferguson up top, but he was pretty anonymous, partly due to a lack of service. And I think he looked a little bit tired and jaded as well. In terms of the substitutions, uh, we mentioned there were four at once. Um, those four were, in fact, I think one came on just a moment later. It was a Milner came on for Hinchelwood um, as a straight swap, um, effectively. Um, Grosh uh, and Hinchwood had gone into midfield at one point, actually, during the game. Um, Grosh uh, replaced Baleba. Um, Mitama replaced Buenonote. And uh, he went on to the left wing. And at that point, Adingra moved over to the right. And the other um, sub just after that was Joao Pedro coming on for Lalana. And he made a difference. He looked good. He looked lively. He got the flick header from the corner. Yes, we scored from a corner, ladies and gentlemen. A good little header. He, he rose up above everyone else, got a, a slight bit of an angle onto what was effectively a back header. Um, right into the corner. Goalkeeper had no chance. Excellent. Let's have some more of that, please. Um, and of course, Shrao has also been continuing to put his, his uh, penalties away. So getting better all the time, I think. 
What was also notable, though, was we made another substitution in the 84th minute when Igor came off and um, Bedicio Bekabwati came on. Now, he's a guy who's been in our youth ranks for a while, um, but we haven't really seen him in action. I think this was his senior debut, unless he played in one of the early League Cup games in one of the past couple of seasons. Um, we signed him, I think, two or three, four years ago. He's been working his way through the ranks. Um, so he made his debut. It's great to see another young lad getting a chance. And it's also worth noting that the bench contained Kavanagh and free-scoring, new-scoring sensation, Mark Mahoney, um, who scored, I think he scored something like 10 goals in 10 games for the 21s, something along those lines. Um, he was on the bench. Kavanagh was on the bench as well um, as a couple of other fresh faces. Um that's pretty much it. You know, overall, I think we deserved a draw. Um, we really should have made it count. Yes, we won the game from the 10-man scenario onwards by 2-1. to one, But uh, really, I felt a mixture of uh, being off form, some poor decision-making by us, um, more than finishing, really, which I don't think was the issue as such in this game, uh, and obviously the refereeing, which allowed Chelsea to do what any team likes to do against us. And this is a compliment to us that a team like Chelsea are doing it. They wanted to stifle the game. Obviously, they had the 10 men, which is part of the reason. But they wanted to stifle the game to make it jaded, fragmented, slow it down. They did so. And as Wedge said, seven whole minutes were stolen from the game by Sanchez's time-wasting. It was coming to a crescendo. It was coming to a head that he was doing it from all the way through the second half in particular. Um, and he's known for it as well. He's done it with, with us in the past, it must be said. But anyway, from the whole of the second half, he was trying to time waste. And it came to a crescendo in the 72nd minute where there was a point where he'd done it two or three times in quick succession. This was a longer example after those previous, immediately previous examples. That was the moment, 72 minutes, where the referee had to go and show him a yellow card, which he eventually did do in the 83rd minute, oh, sorry, the 87th, 88th minute of the game, 88th minute, um, way too late. That gave him 16 minutes of time-wasting opportunities, of which there were many. Um, Paulson was pathetic. He kept looking at him as if to sort of like try and urge him with his eyes, and then eventually he would half-heartedly wave his arm in the air. Um, over and over again this happened. He must have had arm ache you know, by the end of the game. Um, he needed to take action sooner. He needed to be more decisive. You're allowing anti-football to happen. Anti-football is um, fouls, tactical fouls, niggly fouls, wind-up fouls, those kind of things, which are yellow card offences. Um, he's allowing time-wasting. He's allowing us to break up, uh, them to break up the game. When Colwell, I think it was Colwell, um, had gone down with a, a head injury, I put my fingers in the air, um, fake quote mark, uh, sort of a, uh, air, air quotes, as it were, um, yeah, he was, he was down. He stopped the game. He wasn't even holding his head when he stopped the game. Then he started holding his head. Then we were wasting another two minutes. Then the player's told to get off the pitch and doesn't. Then he's told to get off the pitch again. Still doesn't. Still doesn't get a yellow card. Eventually, amidst uproar from the Albion fans um, and some moaning from Chelsea fans as well, he eventually gets off the pitch. That's killed time. Did he add up that on? Well, most of it, yes. But the point is, not all of it. And the other point is... There's not just time wasting, it's got two purposes. One is to waste time that you hope will not be fully uh, reimbursed into the game, which was, I think, was largely, it largely was done by Paulson, to be fair. But the other one is, of course, to break up the game. And the more times you do that and get away with it, the more times you break up the game, the more it benefits the team trying to hold on to a result. And 
Paulson really, really was shabby there. Um, it's not just him. At the weekend as well, on the same day, I think um, Man City were playing Spurs. Ended up in a mad three-all game again. There's some mad games involving Spurs and City this season. But at three-all, with Spurs having got taken the lead, City coming back to 2-1 up, pegged back to 2-all. 3-2 up, pegged back to 3-all. Injury time. Um, Emerson fouls Haaland. Haaland stumbles. He's able to retain his feet. He makes a touch, turns, the referee waves an advantage. Good play from Simon Hooper there. Haaland pops the ball forward. Grealish is running past two defenders. He's now um, neck and neck with another one. And you know what Grealish is like with one player to beat. There's a very good chance he could turn that into a one-on-one with the goalie a few seconds later. But he's unable to do so because the ref, having waved advantage, soon as a promising ball's put forward to Grealish, blows the whistle. Uh, incredible. A shameful mistake. He knows it. Everyone knows it. Um, although he said he wasn't irritated with it after the game, he clearly was irritated with it. Pep Guardiola. Um, a, a, a shambolic decision. And guess what? I can't remember which, but in one of these next two games coming up, the home games against Brentford and Burnley, one of those games we've got, yes, Simon Hooper. Oh, joy of joys. Anyway, we move on to those two games. We've got the Wednesday night game live on Sky. Oh, or Amazon, I think, actually, um, which is the home game with Brentford. And then we've got the home game with Burnley on Saturday. And we need to get at least four points from those two games to keep on track. Because having lost to Chelsea, very annoyingly, very disappointingly, we have now only won one Premier League game in eight. And we are losing a bit of ground in terms of where we want to stay and where we want to be in the table. So we need at least four points and preferably six from these two games. Let's see how that goes. On to the next episode where I'll be doing a, a little bit of um, a little bit match coverage, but also a chat with my old buddy, Wills, Alan Willard. Uh, look forward to that one coming up. Until then, thanks for listening as always. Please rate us online if you can. Spotify, Apple and all the rest. Any um, high rates would be... Uh, well uh, well received by us and um, would be appreciated and so until the next time stand or fall up the albion sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus